Today, we will be discussing at-home OCT technology as imaging technology, remote monitoring, and AI-driven analysis in healthcare rapidly evolve. This has created the opportunity for daily remote monitoring of patients, such as those that suffer from neovascular age-related macular degeneration who need frequent follow-up. So we're here to delve into the new at-home OCT technology See, it's how it's progressing in terms of adoption and implementation success. My distinguished guest today is Professor Anat Lowenstein, head of the Department of Ophthalmology and Vice Dean of Tel Aviv Medical Center. She is a fellowship-trained vitreoretinal surgeon from Wilmer and has been very involved in the development of novel technology for early detection of macular degeneration. So welcome, Professor Lowenstein, to the OIS podcast. Thank you podcast. very much. It's a pleasure to be here. It's wonderful to have you. Save the date as OIS returns to San Diego on December 1st and 2nd. Our 13th flagship summit unites corporate, clinical, and capital leaders driving novel therapies for both the front and back of the eye. You'll gain perspectives on addressing unmet needs across all of ophthalmology and optometry. Head over to OAS.net for more information and to get registered. Your path to innovation begins here. So this is just such an important topic. Um, the, the monitoring and the treatments have become such a burden, both for providers and patients. So really, I think this is a wonderful topic to delve into and share with our listeners um, all the updates and innovation that's been happening in this area. So uh, we've heard a lot about it today, actually, already. So let's, um, let's talk about what are the key differences in the technologies that are either already commercialized or on the horizon? Yes, uh, I think that uh, what you pointed out is very, very important. Uh, the fact is that nowadays we have so much data that we need to deal with um, that uh, it's uh, something that needs to be analyzed by some kind of AI to help us um, really understand what we are seeing. Moreover, when we are talking about home monitoring or home OCT, this is not only a technology, it's not a device that someone goes and buys in the supermarket. No, rather, it is a totally different digital health model. And being a digital health model, the way it's built is that the physician is the one to prescribe the technology. There is a monitoring center that sends the device to the patient as, and is uh, in charge of both the compliance, the use, and also of the fact that the alerts uh, that are generated by the system are sent to the physician and to the patient, and that the patient gets to be uh, invited or gets to go to the clinic to be treated on a timely manner. And the patient's task is actually just to do a test every day. Then the images, the OCT images, are mounted on a cloud there and are analyzed by AI. And that is the only way to do it because, you know, you can um, make the patient do, a, do an OCT even daily. It's a very, very short test, but you cannot rely on the patient to also analyze the images and to decide when to go to the physician or not. So it needs to be analyzed by AI. So it is not only the amount of data and the reduction of the burden, but it's also treatment on a timely manner. Because you can imagine that 
without the home OCT, the patient would be invited to or would have a scheduled appointment after a certain time, depending on the drug he's using, depending on the disease severity, depending on the regimen that the physician is using, be it treat and extend or fixed regimen. But using the home OCT, the patient actually gets treated exactly on the right time. And we have a lot of data about that that I can elaborate on. Mm -hmm. so, um, so walk me through, what does the patient actually experience? What does the equipment look like? What, how large is it? It's, it's very small. It's, uh, I, I would say, something like um, in the dimension of an iPad, you, you could say. And he puts his head in the device. And this is actually needed because otherwise it's difficult to know that which eyes he's testing and so mm -hmm. forth. So it needs to be the device and the distance. So the compliance is much better using a device. And it takes less than uh, 40 seconds per eye. It's very, very short. And uh, the patient is just instructed what to do. Uh, and... Um, and that's it. And the images are mounted on a cloud, are taken, are mounted on a cloud, analyzed by AI, and uh, then the alert is sent to the physician and to the patient whenever it is needed. So the, um, how does the alert go to the physician and what sort of happens in, in the physician's office once it's, they get it's it? It's an excellent question because this is the role of the monitoring center. Without a clinical monitoring center, it cannot work. So the, the monitoring center needs to make sure that the alert is sent to the physician and to the patient and also to continue the compliance from there. Um, it, it is not something that can go completely automatic without that monitoring center. And something important also that you asked is um, about uh, the, um, the role of the physician in this, uh, in this matter because it's a question... Um, the physician needs to accommodate to the patient that called and said, mm -hmm. I got an alert, or to, to the alert that he got. He cannot say, I don't have now time to see right. him. One of the reasons that I'm saying that is that uh, we analyzed what happens um, depending on the time that it takes from the minute the, flu the fluid starts to accumulate to the time of the treatment. And we, we divided arbitrarily a, a week time as uh, the reference point. You know, by the time the monitoring center calls the physician and the patients go to the physician and gets the injection, it's about a week. And this makes sense. And we analyzed how much fluid is there if you, at the time of treatment if, you are, if it takes more than a week as compared to less than a week. Uh -huh. And there was much more fluid at the time of injection if it was more than a week. Moreover, the time for the fluid resolution was much longer if the patient, uh, if the time between the start of accumulation of fluid and the injection was more than a week. So this shows that if you actually monitor daily, like with the home OCT, you have chances of getting to the patient for retreatment at the real time when he needs the treatment. So not only that it will lower the burden because it will, it has the potential to eliminate non-injection visits. The patient mm -hmm. comes now only when he needs an injection, mm -hmm. but also the patients will be treated immediately when they have fluid. And this has the potential to bring along um, better visual acuity outcomes. Of course, we 
still need to show that. The better visual acuity outcomes at the end are still to be proven. And there is now a very big study of 600 patients uh, that is conducted by the DRCRNet, so very um, uh, neutral, no, uh, mm -hmm. no um, uh, commercial biases, uh -huh. as the DRCRNet is doing. And this study is going to actually show us if at the end of the day you really get at least the same or better visual acuity, and that with a lowering of the burden. Mm -hmm. Having worked in an ophthalmology practice myself at the beginning of my career and just picturing back, you know, the, the people who are answering the phones and all of the different um, computer systems that are used at different practices and different processes and procedures, I can imagine that that is a very critical um, issue to address is how do you get those patients in right away? You, it's, a, it's an excellent point. And basically, um, I think that there is an issue of adoption of mm -hmm. the technology, and the physician needs to have it very easy just to tell the mm -hmm. patient, I think you are suitable for the technology. It's my responsibility for you to have the technology. So the physician needs to keep his responsibility. Mm -hmm. It's not a situation where the responsibility is on the, on the technology, on mm -hmm. the patient, on the monitoring center. The, the responsibility is on the physician. And the, the physician is reimbursed for this responsibility. Mm -hmm. Is reimbursed for the patients that are on the technology and for viewing the, the, the reports of the monitoring center or of the uh -huh. OCTs. And it, what we found out is that there really needs to be some kind of um, uh, way to be assisted by the monitoring center for uh, really, uh, you know, getting the machine, opening it and starting to work and okay. getting the, the images mounted on the cloud. You need to have this service given to you by, by someone. But... If you are given the service, it's surprising to see how much these elderly patients of ours can manage with the technology. Uh -huh. So it's not for everyone, I have uh -huh. to admit. So I think that there are people that for whom it would, it would still be too difficult, but most of the patients, I, I would say more than 80%, more than 85% of the patients, the oldest patient that tried to use the technology was 99, and uh -huh. she was able to um, really uh, produce gradable images. That's fantastic. It sounds like such transformative care um, if we could just get to that uh, implementation standard. Um, so my next question is, what are the, the, the technologies that are available on the market today? Yes, yeah, so uh, the, I don't, uh, there, there for uh, monitoring of uh, uh, new vascular macular degeneration between treatments, there isn't any available technology today for uh, home monitoring. Um, some of the technologies that are out there are looking at functional um, data, so at visual acuity or other functional methods, but there, I would say, I would dare to say that there isn't a lot of data to show uh, how sensitive it is and how easy it is for use. I think that this uh, um, um, anatomical um, monitoring system is the one is the the one that has the most data from the technologies that are out there. 
We are not there yet. Mm -hmm. uh, and this technology also is uh, pending FDA approval. Mm -hmm. But now with uh, the, the coming FDA approval and with the results of the, of the multi-center study that is conducted by the FDA, I think there are high chances that uh, finally uh, it will be available for our patients uh, worldwide. So what's the timing of when we can have access to that technology? I think that, you know, once there is FDA approval, it will be available, uh, but uh, it, it, it also depends in each country if there is the monitoring center. Okay. And I, once there is a monitoring center, then it can be approved. If we're talking about the U.S., it's probably not far away. Okay. Okay, very good. Um, one of the questions I had, and it's probably my last question for you. This has been a really valuable discussion. Um, it makes me think of the potential global health um, implications, especially for really remote populations that don't have access to really easy care. So can you talk to me about, about what you see in terms of the promise of that? Yes, absolutely. I think this is one of the greatest potentials because I can tell you, even in my small country in Israel, where you know the biggest distance that someone needs to travel is two hours, uh -huh. then you really don't want him to travel if he doesn't need to. If he comes without an injection, uh, then why did he have to come? And I think that in bigger countries, like most countries are bigger, and in areas that there is more difficulties to get to the retina specialist, it has tremendous importance. So it's not only to reduce the burden on the physician, on the system, and on the patients. It's to reduce the burden on his caregivers, on mm -hmm. his family, on his children, not to lose days of work, to really come when they need an injection. Absolutely, absolutely. That's fantastic. Well, that wraps up our time that we have together. So thank you so much for joining us on thank the you very much. podcast. That was very, very valuable. So thank you listeners for joining to hear the latest on how at-home OCT technology has advanced. And thank you for subscribing to the OAS podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you have ideas for future topics for the podcast, email us at ois at healthogy.com. I'm your host, Carrie Powers. Mm -hmm.